Well, good morning. Welcome, Pleasant Street Church. It is good to be here with you on this Sunday morning. My name is Pastor Mike Sullivan. I get to serve you this morning. Pastor Matthew is with the river. And, uh, and so in this time, I actually want to lead us in the prayer of preparation, just as a way to uh, consider that we're not here alone. The Spirit of God is not only longing to move in us and among us, uh, but we want to ask Him to move through us. So let's pray together. Oh God, you pour out the spirit of grace and love. Deliver us from cold hearts and wandering thoughts that with steady minds and burning zeal, we may worship you in spirit and truth, as Jesus said. Amen. So just a quick couple announcements. Really, the uh, cadets and gems have some information in the Welcome Center. So for those that are interested for your kids, uh, please check out that information. And if you see Scott, you can be more uh, then happy to talk with him about it, and he'll be able to provide some more information too. Um, but now, let's gather together to worship. The Lord be with you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We give thanks and praise to the Lord of all creation. I would now like to welcome uh, the GEMS leaders to come up, or leader, um, just to speak a little bit about GEMS this morning. Um, Scott, I don't think, is here, so you can reach him or you can find the information over there like Mike said. Since 1959, Pleasant Street Gems has been walking alongside girls, teaching them new skills, sometimes even giving them their first Bible. We show them how to have their own personal Bible study, and we have a great time with their friends and counselors alike. We currently have girls in grades first through fifth grade and meet two Wednesdays each month. We earn badges and learn new things um, and learn more about God's world and ourselves. Special events have included making gingerbread houses, sewing hats, singing carols, and making cards for residents of the Mason House, and doing things like going out. Sometimes um, we've gone bowling. COVID has kind of limited our restrictions. Um, we have gone swimming in the past and done other outside things. This year, we are looking for more girls to join and more counselors. Um, we need active counselors because some of our games involve crawling on the floor. <laughs> and other things um, to commit to 17 Wednesdays. Um, our theme this year is Micah 6 verse 8, based on what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Um, we wanna thank you for your 63 years of support. Um, for those of you who know of girls who are in those grades, we do have over by the, their magnetic boards way over in the far wall that have a newsletter with all the dates for this year for midweek. Um, those are for parents to keep and take home. And then we have registration sheets as well for the girls to fill out that they need to bring back. So this gives us all the information such as allergies and everything else that they need to fill out. Um, and now I get to just let you know that GEMS was founded because in 1958 when the um, Barbara Good started GEMS, the girls were in her church were not allowed to speak in front of church, to lead worship, or in pray in front of church. 
and there was no Bible study for girls in her church, or in the CRC for that matter. So she thought it was very important that girls learn the skill and learn leadership within the church. And we've seen how it's evolved over time within the CRC for girls to hold leadership roles and women to hold leadership roles in the CRC. And we're thankful for the leadership that she has provided and started within the CRC. Thank you very much for your time. With our congregation, I invite you to rise and body your spirit as we begin our worship. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. comes to fight for me and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder gonna hear my praises roll up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive darkness free I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery I raise a hallelujah fear you lost your hold on me oh I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder gonna hear my praises roll up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive sing a little louder
justice we long we long for the peace within that only you can give us serenity in the middle of struggles we confess that we are often anxious and we do not put our trust in you we are careless with our words and often hurt the ones that are around us father look upon us with grace and kindness Rule in our homes and all in the world. Show us how to walk in your path and deliver us from our sinful ways. Friends, I invite you to 
for a silent confession to God. Generous God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have shown us what it's meant to love. And you call us to follow your example, to love our neighbors as we, as we have loved ourselves. To all who humbly seek the mercy of God, I say in Jesus Christ, your sin is forgiven. Good morning. My name is Phil. I'm one of the deacons here at Pleasant Street, and uh, we're here up here with Lauren and Beth, and Dexter as well is here. And I just want to talk a little bit about our offerings today. The first offering is for Ministries of Pleasant Street. These offerings go towards everything that the church does. Um, we do things in the community. We have our staff. We have everything that it takes to keep this building open. And the second offering today is for Bethany Christian Services. Bethany Christian Services was started in 1944 by two people that agreed to care for a baby girl who needed a safe home. Over the next few months, they took in five more babies. That fall, with help from another, they founded Bethany Christian Home as a nonprofit organization. In 1945, they moved the home to a residence on 13 acres in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where Bethany's headquarters now stands. They began with a state license to provide childcare. In 1951, Bethany obtained a child placement license and began serving as an adoption agency, finding families for 25 children. That same year, Bethany began providing pregnancy counseling services for 59 expectant mothers. Today, across the country and around the world, Bethany partners with churches and communities to strengthen and preserve families, find families for children who need them, and to support refugees and immigrants who have fled danger. We believe everyone deserves to be safe, loved, and connected. <clears throat> According to Bethany Christian Services, today 150 million kids don't have a permanent home. And to us, that's simply unacceptable. Together, we can change the world through family. And I have more information on Bethany Christian Services and what they do, um, as well as where a lot of their funding goes. So if you'd like to see me after church, if you'd like inform more information, I'll be in the fellowship hall. So again, the first offering is for the ministries of Pleasant Street, and then our second will be for Bethany Christian Services. like sea 
Christ is with you. Let's just take a moment now to just welcome our neighbors next to us. like to invite our kids ages four through second grade to be dismissed for Kid Street. Good morning. People of God, what is our prayer? Lord, continue to show us your wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Amen. The Lord be with you. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. It's my privilege, I'm one of the elders here at Pleasant Street, and it's my privilege this morning to lead us in prayer. Um, this morning, my prayer is based on Psalm 139, which is one of my favorite psalms. And um, this is one that uh, I happen to come across Within the last few months, there was someone who had paraphrased it, and I really appreciated the paraphrase, and um, I don't remember who it was, 
but I took some of what they had written and have added some of um, my own thoughts as God led me to them. So I'd like you to join me in prayer this morning, and we're following loosely um, Psalm 139. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to your house today and into your presence, and we are humbled. We praise you today that you are omniscient. There is nothing that you do not know in all of creation and about each of us. We praise you that you are omnipresent. There is no place where we can be or go that you are not already there and with us. We thank you for your spirit who enlivens, animates, and encourages us. We praise you because even when we are hidden away from the human eye, you are with us. You have sustained us, comforted us, guided us, and directed us throughout all the ages and for every moment of our lives. We are grateful your presence with us doesn't depend on our past or on our current social status. You know us from the inside out, and you love us in spite of ourselves. Our human reputation waxes and wanes, soars and plummets. You are our solid rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our redemption, and our only hope. We are secure in you, we are supported by you, and we are equipped through your supreme power to endure and persist. As your possession formed by your hand, we cannot flee from you no matter what. We could travel the greatest distance to the remotest site on earth and still be reachable to you. You infuse us with hope in the midst of our despair. You provide peace in the midst of our wondering, questioning, and probing, our wandering, adventure, and pilgrimage. We can rest without knowing all the answers because you are near us. We can have confidence because you have been faithful. You are faithful and you will be faithful. You are the hope who doesn't disappoint us even when our feelings fail, falter, and fall down flat. We worship you, O Lord, for your continued grace and abiding love even when things are far from lovely and put together and organized, the ongoing nature of your intimate presence is an attribute worthy of our praise. To you be all glory. You've got us in your grip. Heavenly Father, thank you for these reminders and assurances from Psalm 139. Author of the one true and living word, we give you praise for inspiring your chosen people to give voice to your promises and to write them down so that now, even thousands of years later, we can lean into and meditate on them. Giver of life, we praise you for the new lives in our church family, for little Stella, born to Connor and Lindsay, for little Brady, born this week to Matt and Anna V., and for the other families in our community who are anticipating new life in the weeks and months ahead. Father, we pray that you would be with each of these families and be particularly with the parents as they train each of their little ones to know and to love you. May they also grow to claim the words of, one Psalm, of Psalm 139 as their own. 
You have known them from the very beginning, and you will always be with them. We rejoice with the Koopman and Brookhouse families in the celebrations of marriage in their families over the past couple of weeks. We ask, Father, that you would bless these newly formed family units, and we pray that they would recognize and keep you as the head of their lives together. Great physician and God of mercy, we lift up those in our church family and community who are struggling with illness, injury, agedness, or who are shut in. We remember Audrey B. and Deb V. who are healing after surgery. We think of Karen S. and Cindy H. who are undergoing treatments and waiting for test results. We remember Hank and Bev E., Shirley Y., Stu and Deb V., Theona T., Art W., and others who have been confined to home due to various health issues. We also pray for Carol L., who was hoping to go home from rehab on Friday. Father, we praise you for Carol's powerful testimony to your care and faithfulness in her life, despite chronic health challenges. We pray for her family as well, particularly for Tracy, as they care for Carol. We remember also those who are shut in and cannot be with us due to aging bodies or other physical limitations. Nellie D., Mike B., Ellie V., Babe N., Arthur and Henrietta H. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would pour out your peace over each of these loved ones and that they would hold fast to Psalm 139 promises that no matter where they are, they are seen, cared for, and held tightly by you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing Pastor Mike here from Emmaus City Church to lead our Pleasant Street family this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that your presence and your power would be at work in Pastor Mike as he seeks to reach people today and also in his community in Worcester. We ask also that you would be with Pastor Matthew as he brings your word to our brothers and sisters at the river this morning. We pray for their church family and ask that you would continue to show your faithfulness to them. We remember also this morning the persecuted church and the millions of people who must gather in fear, secrecy, and darkness for risk of being killed. Almighty God, we pray that they too would be comforted and uplifted by the promises of Psalm 139, that no matter where they are, even in darkness, your hands are holding them tightly and they are known by you. Bless us now, we pray, in this time together. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, and may we go out from this place in the confidence that we are known and loved. Help us to reflect and to share that good news wherever you lead us in the week ahead. In Jesus' name, and for your honor and glory, we pray. Amen. We're going to be reading from Proverbs, Psalms, and Jeremiah. There's been a correction in your bulletin, so... Our tech team, I think, has made the correction, and we're going to read from Jeremiah, uh, chapter 33, verses 14 to 18, if you want to follow along. First, from Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. And then Psalms, chapter 119, verse 9 
He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. And then if you're following in the Bible a few chapters over after Isaiah is Jeremiah uh, chapter 33 and verse 14 and 18. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judea. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of the house of Israel, nor will the priests who are Levites ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. This is the word of the Lord. Well, Pleasant Street, this morning we started with a call to worship that said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Forget not all his benefits. And so this morning, we're looking at the glory of redemption revealed. He is guaranteed to set us free. And you might say, well, that's a pretty long sermon title. Yeah, it's a lot of words, a lot of words that can often fill our heads with thoughts and questions and curiosities. Um, but my hope is also that it will fill our hearts as we consider what is the glory of redemption? When Jack read that passage in Proverbs, because you all have been in a series in Proverbs throughout the summer, in Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal things. And that doesn't mean he conceals things forever, but there's an aspect of which God invites us to be curious. And then the line goes, the glory of kings is to search things out. And so I want to invite you to be the queens and kings of the kingdom this morning. To look into redemption in ways that don't just hit the surface, but consider what does it mean to be redeemed? What is the good news that with this God, we're guaranteed to be set free. And you might say, well, be set free from what? And what does that mean for me personally? What does that mean for us as Pleasant Street Church? Well, I think if we just look at the word redemption, it's something that is all over our society. It's all in our artistry as well as in the things we pursue. It's in the stories we write. If we were to consider some of the classic works throughout the ages, they're redemption stories. For some of us, Les Mis and the redemption of Jean Valjean hits us deeply. Someone that is a prisoner being set free and then living a life in which, because of the grace shown him through a priest, he seeks to set others free. Some of us might think of the Count of Monte Cristo and Edmond Dantes and think of the redemption of someone who was 
falsely imprisoned? And what is it like to come back? We consider the films we watch. What are the films that you think of in terms of often looking for a story in which a villain becomes a hero? Stories of which somebody who thought they were too far gone becomes more human in our eyes. We think of the stories, really, Clint Eastwood in his own career, often showcasing violence in his stories and then getting to the end of his career and beginning to direct films in which violence isn't the answer, it's actually what's killing him. And so if we look at Unforgiven or Gran Torino, we see him observing, can these characters that have lived by killing others in the end be redeemed? Of course, for some of you, Shawshank Redemption was probably the first thing that came to mind. It brings together literature and film. But with Andy's story, again, falsely imprisoned, is there hope? And even to have read his best friend say, hope is a dangerous thing. And that might be what you're wrestling with this morning. When you heard the song, it is well, you thought, it is not well with my soul. And where do I place my hope? And can God be trusted with my hope? It's not only in the stories we write, redemption's theme, or in the films we watch, redemption's theme, but also in the songs we listen to. Are there any reggae fans in the congregation this morning? Got some smiles, but no hands raised. (laughs) The last song that Bob Marley recorded on his final album before he died is Redemption Song. And for those that don't know the song, The words go, redemption song, it's all I ever had. And so I want to invite you this morning, when you think you have nothing left, there is a song of redemption. And it's not only all you ever had, it's all you'll ever need. Because the glory of redemption revealed is to set us free from pain into promises. It is to move us from slavery to salvation. It is to break the supply chain of sin and fear and death. And so, oftentimes when I get to worship with you all, some of you come up and say, well, Mike, show me what your t-shirt is today. And today, it would reference a concert I went to in which Jack White, which was a bucket list concert, his tour this year was called Supply Chain Issues. And so if you look closely, you'll see a chain beginning to break at the top. And I know that many of us have come in like Marley and Marley with our chains, weighed down by the things that have enslaved us, that have made us terrified, that bring out the tears in our hearts. But I'm here to say that redemption is what breaks that supply chain. Redemption is what helps us see that it doesn't matter where you are, how far gone you feel. We can ask God, can you redeem this? And he says, yes. Some of the darkest times in my life where I've wondered about myself in terms of just the pain I've caused, or I wonder about a moment in a relationship, I've gotten to the practice of praying, God, can you redeem this? It's a good practice to do. So whatever has come up in your mind this morning, whether it's your work, 
whether it's your family, whether it's a friendship, whether it's the covering of your whole life, dare to hope dangerously in prayer and ask God, can you redeem this? And hear the whisper of redemption revealed that says, yes, I can. When I went to that concert with Jack White, the first song he opened with with his band is called Taking Me Back. And there's a line in the third verse that I think is probably the line of music for me this year. The beginning of the first line of lyrics in that third verse says, when you forgive the friction and you start talking about Christmas, are you taking me back? When you forgive the friction and start talking about Christmas, are you taking me back? Because if that is not the gospel in terms of the friction that we cause with each other in our world, the times where we produce more heat than light in which we bring the chains instead of breaking them and there's friction, but the glory of redemption revealed that he guarantees to set us free as God in all those moments starts talking about Christmas and saying, I'll take you back. There's different sections in the contemporary testimony of our denomination, Our World Belongs to God, that in many ways is like a song. It's like a poem. We have our confessions and catechisms, and Our World Belongs to God is like a song itself. In fact, one pastor said it's a hymn-like expression to our faith, beautiful Soaring in places, standing the test of time. And there's a section in Our World Belongs to God, sections 18 through 22, that is called redemption. And in section 18, it says, With patience and tender care, the Lord set out on the long road of redemption to reclaim the lost as his people and the world as his kingdom. Is there a long road you see in front of you or see inside you in which you say, I think that's too far gone to be redeemed? Well, the truth of the gospel, the power of the gospel is that we have a God who pursues us down that long road of redemption to reclaim us as his lost people and the world is his kingdom. And he's not done walking yet. He hasn't stopped on that road to you. He hasn't stopped on that road with Pleasant Street Church. He hasn't stopped on that road with humanity in the 21st century. He is faithful with steadfast love, with patience, with tender care, and he is set on, on that road. If he didn't want to walk it, he wouldn't have come. It's Jesus. He walked it with the dirt on his feet. He's still walking it with the nail scars in his feet. God guarantees your worth, the long road of redemption, to be reclaimed as a son or daughter. And when I say you, I mean that personally, but also communally, Pleasant Street Church. He guarantees your worth, the long road of redemption. Pleasant Street has had a good long road of 125 years, but don't doubt that Jesus is done walking that road with you. God guarantees your worth being brought home from slavery though you've sold yourself out to so many things. I mean, let's be honest. What have we sold ourselves out to this week? Where have we put our hope? Has it been when we look at our bank account? Has it been when we look at the next headline? 
Has it been, whether we're on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, has it been in relationship to those that we seem like there's no way this can be healed between us? God says, don't sell yourself out to that. I value you, I value them so much more. God guarantees you're worth keeping a promise to forever. When Jack read from Psalm 111, verse nine, he read, he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. If we read that in the New Living Translation, I love how it says, he has paid a full ransom for his people. It's another way to talk about redemption. He has bought you back. He is taking you back, as the song says. And then he says, he has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. God doesn't break his word. God doesn't break his promises. That's how sealed this redemption is. Say, Mike, that sounds like a flicker or looks like a flicker of light. But what can a candle that's small do in the midst of the darkness that I see? Well, if you need a physical example, maybe you can go home and tonight in a room in which there's not a lot of light, just light one candle and see how it changes the dynamic of the room. The light has come. The darkness cannot overcome him. But oftentimes our perspective is looking everywhere else but him. We're trying to see ourselves in the world not through the Redeemer's eyes, not through the one who's called us by name, who is guaranteed and said you are mine, but instead we do it through other lenses. And even within the church, we can do it through lenses of our past or our present or our theologies or our disagreements rather than Jesus himself. And I'm telling you, Pleasant Street Church, you will not see the hope of redemption. You will not see the glory of redemption if you do it anywhere else but the one who is the redeemer and resurrector. And that's why we read from Jeremiah this morning. Jeremiah didn't know Yeshua by name yet, but he knew the Lord saved and when we get to Jeremiah chapter 33, we're decades into Jeremiah's ministry in which people have not listened to a message of redemption, but instead have fallen into exile. And sometimes I think we come to Scripture and we don't realize the humanity that the Holy Spirit's working with in order to preserve these words throughout the centuries, not only to remind us today, but to know what they were going through. Remember, Jeremiah is a prophet no one listened to. His own people tried to bury him, not only spiritually, but physically. And he had the honesty to wrestle with God in which he prayed, God, I don't see anything you've said. But by faith, when he is decades into this ministry, he still puts pen to paper, whether it was himself personally or with his assistant, Brooke, to write these words in a time in which the people of Israel have sold themselves out to other countries. Captivity is coming to them. Enslavement and exile is going to be their theme, not for two years, like the false prophet said, but for 70 years. And yet I love how verse 14 begins. It says, behold, 
Stop and look. Quit searching for your own salvation by yourselves. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise, the covenant I've guaranteed to set you free. I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days, at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it is called, the Lord is our righteousness. Or we might say the Lord is our redemption, or we might say the Lord is our salvation. And that is exactly what Yeshua or Jesus means. Behold, Pleasant Street Church, look to Jesus. He's the only one in which we find our justice and our righteousness. He's the only one who can truly bring it about in the land. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And we know in Jesus that throne is a throne of grace that we can approach with confidence at any time. And so if we can't see the glory of redemption revealed, if we are seeing more enslavement than freedom, then approach that throne because he still sits on it. The tomb is empty, the throne is not. And the crown he wears is a crown that has guaranteed your freedom forever. He not only sits on the throne, but God says, never will be a man lacking in my presence. So with Jesus, if we are in him and united with him, then we can approach the presence of God in all his holiness because his sacrifice is made a way. At the end of the redemption section in Our World Belongs to God, it says this, God promised them, and literally we can say God promised us, the Messiah, a prophet to speak good news, a king to crush evil and rule the earth with justice, and a priest to be sacrificed for sinners. That's what Jeremiah is prophesying about hundreds of years before Jesus came. That's what the word of God is prophesying to us today to remember that our redemption is secure because that prophet and that priest and king stepped on the earth and walked that long road of redemption and is still pursuing us and others today. He's a gracious prophet. He doesn't fulfill the promise he makes to us based on what we've done. He does it in light of who he is. He's the good king that sees an unjust world that lacks in right relationship to God and to each other and to how we treat creation. And he remains good in the face of our evil. He's a great priest that no matter how great our sin is, his sacrifice is greater. He paid it all. Not just a little, not just a lot. He paid it all. And yet, maybe even for some of us, salvation in Jesus needs to be redeemed. We've sold it as less than it is. We think, well, this gospel thing, it's good news for some, but it's not the power of God. It's not for God sent his son out of love for the whole world, it's just, you know, for religious people. And so we've diminished the glory of redemption revealed in the one 
and the only one who can set us free. And we can do that as much on a Sunday morning in a space like this as we can do when Monday morning comes and we think, well, this can't be redeemed. I'm just going to grind it out. But you know what? Even when we're in that space, we're not too far gone. We might be a disciple like Nathaniel that right now is looking at the church and looking at salvation and looking at Jesus and saying, can anything good come from that? Well, if that sounds familiar, it's because the disciple Nathaniel said that about Jesus himself. When Philip came to him and said, believe the good news, he said, well, what's this good news and who's this Messiah? And Philip said, well, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel's response was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of this moment? Can anything good come out of those who bear the name of Jesus? Can anything good come out of this? And Jesus honored Nathanael's response. He said, well, here's a true Israelite, but here's the beauty. The name Israel means the one who wrestles with God. And so we come back to Proverbs 25, 2 and say, God, it feels like your glory is concealed right now in Jesus. It feels like your glory is concealed in the church, even though Paul prayed in Ephesians 3 that glory would be revealed in the church throughout all generations by Jesus. It seems like I can't see it. He invites us again. Well, the glory of the kingdom of priests, the glory of my daughter and son, the glory of you, royalty, is to search it out. There's more to see than meets the eye. And so we say, well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, I love Shobaraka, who's a hip-hop artist and a poet and an author. And in his book, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? The only good thing came out of Nazareth. Think about that turn of phrase for a moment. Oftentimes where we see the most grime and the most mess and the most poverty and the lack of hope is where the most dangerous hope is alive and well. Because our God came and was born in human flesh in a manger and he was willing to be called Jesus of Nazareth. And he was willing to be misunderstood by his family and often criticized by religious leaders and killed by the empire that was the most powerful nation at the time in the world. It's because he was willing to walk that long road of redemption. Because the glory of redemption and that he is guaranteed to set us free is that there is a love greater than hate. There is a forgiveness stronger than bitterness and there is kindness to heal the devastated heart. So I want to ask you, is there hatred right now that you need to ask God to break into to give you a love that's greater than? Is there bitterness that you've been boldly saying, this is what I'm going to hold on to the most, in which you need to ask God, forgive me my sins. Teach me how to forgive those who sin against me. Is there a kindness that's truly as powerful to overcome your devastated heart right now? In the glory of redemption, the answer is yes. And I said those words specifically, not out of, out of a void. In fact, they were spoken by a woman named Sister Rosemary. August is a month in which God intentionally brings me back to Uganda. 
And for those that don't know the history of Uganda, Joseph Kony and the LRA devastated that country with forms of violence and slavery and oppression and abuse that will make you shudder. And in 2015, seven years ago in August, I got to walk on the soil of Uganda. I got to go to an orphanage in the northeast corner near South Sudan where Kony and the LRA massacred people and tore away children from their families and did unspeakable things to these kids and made them do unspeakable things to their parents. You know what I found there? Redemption and hope. And Sister Rosemary is one of the people that has worked in that area. 2,000 girls that were abused by the LRA have now learned to make clothes and to grow food and to learn a trade and to find hope in the God who found them even in that evil and bleak and dark space. And in a book by Dominic Dunn, described when faith fails, he got to meet with his sister Rosemary, who has loved Uganda so well. And her voice sounds like the other Ugandans that I got to sit with, in which one man looked me in the eye and he said, pray crazy prayers, Pastor Mike. Pray crazy prayers. God can do more than you imagine. And so when Dominic Dunn talked to Sister Rosemary and said, how did you endure this? She said, well, I believe in a God that can restore what even this darkest evil has tried to destroy. I believe in a love greater than hate. I believe in forgiveness stronger than bitterness. I believe in kindness that heals the devastated heart. I've seen what hope can do. Pleasant Street Church, that's why we gather, that's why we go out, because we are the people who in Jesus can say, I've seen what hope can do. And that's why we need these reminders, not just on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week. I've seen what hope can do. There is a glory in redemption. He is guaranteed to set us free. And to help us close, you might ask, well, Mike, how do I remember that day by day, the glory of redemption revealed in me? How do I remember the gracious prophet and the good king and the great priest whose love is greater than hate, whose forgiveness is stronger than bitterness, whose kindness heals the devastated part, whether it's in Whitensville, Massachusetts, or in the northern part of Uganda? How do I remember? How do I live as a king who searches these things out? How do I live as a queen who searches these things out? That is the gift of your baptism. Baptism is an identity that God has graciously given so that we remember our redemption, that we've been washed clean, that we've been buried and risen, that we've had the Holy Spirit poured out on us, 
And anytime you touch water, you have the gift to step into the liturgy of remembering your baptism. Whether you bathe or shower, whether you wash your hands, whether you dip in a pool on a hot day like this Sunday, remember your baptism. Kevin Adams, who's a pastor in our denomination out in California, recently wrote a book called Living Underwater, Baptism as a Way of Life. And he brings us back to Chrysostom. John Chrysostom, Chrysostom means golden-tongued, said this about baptism. He urged all believers to live into their baptismal commissioning. Using 2 Corinthians 1.21, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ who has anointed us. Chrysostom taught that each baptized person is anointed and sealed by God and is therefore made a prophet, a priest, and a king. In the Old Testament, only the select few got to be called to a single office, but now Chrysostom says, in Christ, we're anointed and sealed to hold all these offices. You are the royal priesthood. You are the kingdom of priests. You are the proclaimers that prophesy the good news of the kingdom. That's how you come back to the glory of redemption, in you and through you for the sake of the world. Fastidious, who a little bit less known than Chrysostom and has a little bit more of a fun name, linked the anointing of all the baptized by the Holy Spirit to Jesus' own anointing, the culmination of the physical anointing of the priests, prophets, and kings in ancient Israel. All the baptized were anointed as prophets, priests, and kings, he wrote. Thus we receive the name Christian because we are anointed like Christ, the anointed one. Christ, who was baptized by John. Christ, who had the Holy Spirit come on him. It's the same water of earth, same Holy Spirit that's given to you in the glory of redemption. He is guaranteed to set you free. Pleasant Street Church, you are no less than those who get to be gracious prophets of the good news of the gospel. Good rulers who don't look to be served but to serve, who don't lord it over others but point to the Lord who came to serve. And great priests who know that love is a choice of sacrifice, not a fleeting feeling, not an overwhelming desire for pleasure, but instead a walk with a God who walks the long road of redemption with patience and tender care to reclaim the lost as his people and the world as his kingdom. This is the good news. It's breaking in. Let's have dangerous hope, as Red said in Shawshank Redemption. He has come. He is coming again. Let's pray in his name. Jesus, in the heat of this morning as the fans blow, blow your Holy Spirit now to help us not forget our redemption. Remind us through our baptism, personally and communally, with all those who follow you, including those in Whitensville and Worcester, as well as those in Uganda. That we would be the ones that can say, I've seen what hope can do. 
that Sister Rosemary as a good prophet and a good priest and a good queen would show us that the most devastating hate and the most cruel darkness and the most severe abuse is not beyond your redemption. Even you can redeem this. So let's look at ourselves and let's look at our relationships. Let's look at our church and your church. Let's look at the world and say, can you redeem this? And Jesus, let's look at the cross and the empty tomb again and say, yes, you can. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Help us. Help us to be seekers who look for such a glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's now time to dismiss our Echo Kids. So this is grades three through five are invited to come down and be dismissed for Echo. People of God, what is our prayer? Almighty, loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard. Plant it deep in our hearts and live in ways that honor you above all. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. I now invite you to rise as we continue with our worship. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He's my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fierces drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My comforter, my all in in the love of Christ I stand in Christ alone who took God flesh the fullness of God and helpless babe this gift of love Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God had satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I of the world thy darkness lay then bursting forth a glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory to his curse and lost in 
its grip on me for i am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of christ no guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of in me from life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny no power of hell no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. And here in the power of Christ I So as we send each other out in the Redeemer's name, the one who knows you by name and has called you by name and said, you are mine. Let's pray together the prayer taught, Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I love how some pray that prayer and they say, for yours is the power and the glory now and forever. Now and forever. And so with that, receive this benediction. This is from Psalm 130, if you want to go back to it, because this blessing resonates with you. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption for you, Pleasant Street. You're no longer slaves. You're free. Let's sing about that redemption hope as we close. Unravel me with a melody you surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I 
mother's womb you have chosen me love has called my name i've been born again to your family your blood flows through my veins i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. We're drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I could stand and sing I am a child of God You split the sea so I could walk right through it My brain was drowned in perfect love rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Friends, go in peace to love and serve Jesus Christ. You may go in peace.